We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score, the home for Bears fans. Great to catch up with you, Chris, and not often that you feel really good about the Bears in the offseason. I've never seen a lot of reporters, a lot of the media folks fired up. Okay, I mean, they, I was looking in the room and talking to folks afterward, and they were excited. So imagine what he can do with the staff if he, if he can get you guys excited. <laughs> You're right, Chris. It's good to see you yesterday. I was one of those people. The, the idea is, is that I knew him way back when, and he's the same person that he was then that he is now. And he was a great person. As I mentioned before, he's the reason why I went to law school. He inspired me to be the man that I am now. So I'm just excited that everybody has a chance to see how successful he is, but more importantly, what he's going to do for the Chicago Bears. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. And Chris, I want to thank you. On 670 The Score. Bears. Bears. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. What a glorious morning in the fine city of Chicago. Goodness gracious, we got some afternoon basketball, Mr. David, right here on The Score. Morning, Mully. Happy Thursday. Yes, what a cool thing. Yep. Right here on The Score, the Bulls in Paris playing the Pistons. I wonder... Uh, if their center found his passport, is making the trip. I'm looking forward to the the broadcast. It's an event, and they have had a nice vacation. Now, I guess the real work begins this afternoon. Oui, we. Oh, oui, we. I cannot uh, speak any French, really, but uh, I love the language, and um, I'm a big fan of any kind of international sporting event. I think it's super cool. It's when they, whenever you're kind of mixing worlds, it's super cool. I, I am I the only one that thinks it's wild that Joakim is there, and I loved Casey's uh, story about going to Roland Garros to see him play in his uh, at his little uh, two on two deal. Um, Lou Dang is there. Yes, he. he I saw a photo with uh, Dang and Chuck Swirsky, who we're talking oh. to at seven forty five. Looking forward to talking to the Swirsk. I think and, it was with with Swirsk, and then it's like a Bulls reunion. Well, also, did you see, and you won't care about this, but Antoine Griezmann, the the French World Cup star who uh, won a World Cup last time out and then finished second this time out, um, he, and he's a great player. He plays for Atletico Madrid. Somehow he has come to see this game because he's a huge Bulls fan. And the Bulls found out about this, and they they gave him his own like, like a customized jersey, and a hat and all. He's got all this. Uh, he got Bulls jacket. That's smart marketing by the Bulls. Come on. But I think that when you say big Bulls fan, let's go back and revisit what we talked about yesterday. Mm. Big Jordan fan. And now he's a Bulls big fan. Big Jordan fan. Yeah. Everybody I mean, it, in, in Europe. As a kid France, growing up. Big Jordan It made fan. an impact on yes. him when Jordan came. But to to travel from his from Atletico Madrid I mean that that is that he's gone, he's come from Spain, David. For God's sake, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's home. It's, it's nonetheless it's an investment cool. in time and money and resources. I'm sure, but it's it's a cool thing because the NBA doesn't go to France or to Europe every every day. So that's yeah. why it's a big deal. It's odd. It's in the middle of the season, and the Bulls 
actually, you, you look at this and it's been a week full of these kind of memorable uh, snapshots yes. and images and video clips, and that's fun, and we have a marriage proposal. We'll talk about this, the yes. pick six. Yes. It's almost as if this is their uh, the equivalent of a bowl game, but they have another <laughs> – how many games left when they return? You wonder, is this going to be a good or bad effect on the season? You know what? I don't know that it can be, to answer my own question, a bad thing because the season's gone so far off the rails. It's been so up and down. <laughs> they have to embrace this, and they have, and it's been oh, fun. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I got to tell you, there's not a better time of day or better kind of uh, – night for me that, than to have the bulls to chew over at that's whatever our, two that's o'clock our in the afternoon ideal window perfect that's our ideal window perfect every day could the nba move all their games to two o'clock oh big my god time onions. big time onions. it is you're right it's like a bowl game it, it is like you know it's an afternoon bowl game it, it, it i today feels like a holiday mr david it does and i think when you see those photos of uh yeah, I, th- I think there was a story too. All you get the bowl game type of stories and coverage. Like, did you know that Demar Derozan and Zach Levine are really best friends? <laughs> they're really best friends. Yeah, they're, they're best they're, friends. They've gotten closer this year and everything they've gone through. And oh, really? Okay. You give people four days to anticipate one game in a European city where the wine is flowing. Yes, they're best friends. I'll buy that. <laughs> I, I mean, sounds who, good to me. How can you be enemies? Isn't didn't Zach become kind of a big wine connoisseur while he was with Draymond the- Green introduced him to red wine at the Olympics. <laughs> well, not introduced him, but made him a connoisseur. You know, we're in um, Paris. Have you ever been here before? Nah, I've never been to Paris, bro. Okay, yeah. All right, so I heard you. How, how are you doing with the wine tasting? Because I know, like, this is your cup of tea over here. Yeah, I'm not a connoisseur, bro. So, uh, I mean, sir, so I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm very well educated and versed in it. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay, yesterday at, at team dinner, how was it? Hey, get, get your son. Get your son. Get your son. I'm going to see you home. Come on. Get that mic out of the way. Time out. Come on. Come, come sit over here. I'll see you home. That's, that's DeMar's son right there. Yeah. And, and my stepson. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's DeMar. That, well, you heard Zach Levine. They're messing around with Jaylen Terry, which is funny. That's Uncle. Zach. Yeah, yeah. And Dale and Terry took the mic, and he was right. the correspondent for a day, and they right. did a nice job on Bulls.com of leaning into that. That's what I mean. It's fun. It's great. This is the middle of a season. It, yeah. it doesn't – it either feels like a bowl game or an exhibition game. This game actually counts, which will be fun to watch. I, I heard uh, Zach say that uh, Levine is French, and it is from his, his father's grandfather. Is is where uh, is where Levine comes from, and he said that. Uh, it, but it was so great because he's like talking to a reporter, and he said something like, "I don't speak the language; I'm learning it," or something like, <laughs> "I still I still have to learn it," or something like that. Like it was like it was like he really not wanted to speak French. Right. It was super cool. I thought that it was also funny. Dale and Terry asked Zach Levine if uh, wine was his cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, extend yes. the pinky too. There you go. Yeah, yeah. but fun. he did. He got into the whole red wine thing, as you say, through Draymond, and uh, and you know they exchange bottles and all that stuff. And you know he always wears like doesn't he wear some? What's the French sportswear company? He always has like this the uh, one shirt on. I, I see it all the time on social media. Uh, God bless him. It's good. He's he's leaning into it a little and bit. And he can now afford whatever he wants in of terms course. of the vintage. He can. The wow. most expensive bottle, sir. And, you know, not only did they do a trip to the Eiffel Tower, but it is fashion week. So they were they were kind of bopping around and getting to see some runway shows, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. They've done a lot there. <laughs> they got so, into a lot. And, and they're recording a lot and documenting it for the website, so they're getting their money's worth. Yeah, so that'll be fun this afternoon, 145, right here on The Score. Speaking of Zach's. Uh-oh. Zach Zaidman killed it last night. DePaul, big win. First the top ginger, 10 ginger hair genius. They beat Xavier, number eight in the country. First top 10 win since three years to the day. They beat Butler, who was fifth in the country at the time. Zach killed it. Colby Jones will trigger in along the far sideline in the front court. Holds the ball chest high. Throws a pass to Nunji. Knocked away by Murphy. Nunji picks up, throws it up. Shot. No good. 
Giants pull off the upset. They knock off the eighth-ranked Savior Musketeers, 73 to 72. The first time DePaul has knocked off a top 10 team since January of 2020. What a night for DePaul! That would have been better if you hadn't given out the detail that they hadn't beat the team since whatever time he said. I'm sorry. He was letting you know that. You, you stole his thunder. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. I love Zach to begin with. Great dude. Also, if you ever listen to his broadcast, he never misspeaks. Zach is virtually perfect when he is uh, doing a broadcast. And even when he is uh, in here for you or in here for me, and we love working with him because everybody who knows Zach loves him. But I'm very proud of him whenever I hear him. Zach did a great job last night. Listened to part of the broadcast. Yep. Brief departure where he took a few minutes to weigh in on Justin Fields again. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but every conversation with Zach, he eventually goes back to that. He, he's a very uh, opinionated. He defends his opinions. And you're right. He's excellent at what he does. But that's a big win for that program. Tony Stubblefield getting uh, a victory they needed to get in the Big East. And uh, yeah. that's one of those games you just don't expect the pa- to win these days. And it was it was a pretty good moment. Yeah, the Ramblers played yesterday. They played uh, St. Louis. I don't know if you're following this season. It's not going well. I believe they lost 76 to, to 59 or something. They, got, they just got destroyed again. They're struggling. Oh Notre Dame God. basketball is struggling. Yeah, Notre Dame. Boy, my brothers are like going crazy. Look, what happened to Notre Dame? Are they, did they stop playing basketball? Well, you know. Yeah, they lost the other night. Mike Bray had a really tough post game moment. He started to basically vent publicly about where the program is and and what he's incapable of doing, and he yep. felt bad about where his team is. Yeah, college basketball. About now, you start. You're still in NFL yeah, playoff mode, but we're still looking ahead because right. Right around the corner, you, you get into February and you start to think of March Madness. So, yeah, right now you start to pay a little bit closer attention. I am in NFL playoff mode in almost an obsessive – like now I'm looking at the at the lines and wondering what they're trying to tell me. It, it, I'm, I'm slightly confused by some of the lines that I'm seeing. And I, I don't – I saw that Buffalo is now favored by five. Doesn't that seem like a lot? Doesn't five seem like I know I know that Cincinnati wasn't great and and only just won last week, but five points is a lot of points, isn't it? I, I don't I, I I would not bet either team at five. I think that line should be closer to three. That's interesting. I would think that I understand it because the Bengals as deserving as they are of our respect because of what they accomplished last year getting to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't call what happened against the Ravens as an impressive victory. I, I don't know. They did just enough, Molly. I think they did just enough. Josh Allen turned the ball over three uh, times, fair. and he doesn't do that. that that's uh, what I couldn't figure out. I know, but if you max out both teams, and if you think that both teams are going to play up to the capability, yeah. I, I just I yeah. would think the Bills. Joe Burrow's going to get hit quite often. Yeah. They got problems. So I, 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 no. got, I get that a little bit. I, I think it might be closer. You might be right. But I, I don't have – I just wouldn't wager it at five. Three, I'm on board. I'm picking a side. The other one, at what 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 do – why is Dallas only like three in the hook at San Francisco? That doesn't make sense to me. Is there something – is that just Dallas money coming down on the Cowboys? Or is there something people saw that, that they know or is Vegas telling me something? I'm not sure what Vegas is trying to tell you. It is a little Vegas bit is sending me a message, David. Okay, what? How are you going to interpret it, and how will you act because of it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're I responding to the Cowboys' kicking woes. Yeah, maybe it's just Cowboy money coming in late. I don't know. What do you think, Dustin? You're a big uh, follower. Brock Purdy. Okay, so I just it's think. As simple I, as that. I mean, yeah. every week we not we like not the Mully and Haw show. Yeah. We, the people, <laughs> make up another reason why this guy can't get the job done, and he keeps getting the job done. And I just think it's like, is he? Can he? Can he rise to the occasion once again? You know, they've got a pretty good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Listen again. I think this is another one of these games. You know, the Forty ers offensive line, decent, 
decent, right? Yep. But the 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 pass rush, like the, a Parsons, could make this guy's life hell. right. So I think yep. I think that's kind of what they might be thinking. I think you're onto something with Cowboy Money, okay? okay? And I also think Brock Purdy. I think people are just they're betting against Brock. Pur- Eventually, this guy's going to have his his clunker. Did you see that at their practice yesterday? Jimmy G. Uh, was there. He did not practice, but he was apparently not in a walking boot. He's taken off his boot. So he was walking around in uh, in his uh, gym socks. Good for Jimmy G. I'm a big Garoppolo guy. You know that. But if they beat the Cowboys, and I think your concerns about Brock Purdy are, are, are well stated, and I think it is part of probably why the lack of confidence overall in the 49ers but if they beat the Cowboys and Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he doesn't start. Uh, Trey, you can't start him. Trey, Trey Lance was not – he still had like a cast on or something. I don't know, whatever he's got going. But he did get on social media. He was at practice too. he get on social media because their pro personnel director got the job in Denver – not Denver, in Tennessee. And he, he sent – like Ron Carthon. Ron Carthon. He sent some kind of a um, a photo out or something on Instagram, and then he had three like kind of prey emo like the 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 read on it is "Come and get me." That he wants to be traded. That's the way it was interpreted. That's the way it was. I didn't interpreted. see that on the gram. Oh yeah, you got to check that out. And and what's interesting about it is if you look at uh, at the contract, I believe it's going through the roof with uh, the Tennessee quarterback. So that is just an interesting idea. Do you think that could be an offseason move to keep an eye on? I, I mean, Trading I think, for an injured quarterback. Well, I was there. We, we'll that get would be into, a great first move in we'll, Tennessee. We'll get into this too, but there are a lot of quarterbacks that could be saddling up and going Oh, I know. Yeah. That's going to be another fascinating offseason. Right. I didn't expect to debate the Tennessee Titans going after Trey Lance. I don't know if that's going to be a thing or just a young man who might be a little frustrated who has too much time on the gram. I'm not connecting dots, but if you were going to go get Tom, maybe you got to move somebody. <laughs> that may be true. And what if you're going to go get Tom and, and Brock Purdy is a quarterback who is the incumbent who led you to an NFC title? Well, I mean, that's a very good question. I, I know I, why I don't you know guys how they perceive Brock him. Purdy. Yeah, I, because because I, we're not in love with the story. <laughs> okay, I but I I don't refer to Brock Purdy's touchdown passes as as extended handoffs, long handoffs. I no, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't we agree on that? I know that you agreed on that. Okay, I do love this story. But oh I, my god, you're probably right. It's either that or again, I think it's fascinating to me to follow this cowboy kicker saga. And Maher's giving the being given the vote of confidence publicly to get people like oh, to believe in him. And on. then he's got the special teams coordinator calling it a case of the yips. And they signed a guy to the practice yeah, squad. By the way, they got, nothing to see here. I mean, what are they waiting until Friday? Take him in the back. I, honestly, don't you have to have? Don't you have to see him kick about? I don't know, 50 of those things in a row, something like that, in order to stick with them after that? He missed five in a row. Yes, you have to replace him. I don't know that you can go with him. He is not my favorite kicker in that game. Let me say that. (laughs) You're just trying to suck up to Robbie Gold. (laughs) Thank you. Your guy. My favorite kicker in the game. Mine too. Oh, oh, so I'm a suck up, but you, I just, with your noble ideals... (laughs) I've come around on Robbie. We're we're fine now. Oh boy! I hope that he gets to the Super Bowl. I hope he gets back there. I would like to see that. I think in the NFC. I think I've determined that now, given the teams that won last weekend, San Francisco to me has the best story. So I think I want them to get there. Yeah, that, I think that would be fun. That makes a lot of sense. That if you if you go into Vegas and just spend a weekend picking stories, I'm not what? picking stories. <laughs> I'm rooting for stories. Brock Purdy. I think I would want Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl just because that Monday morning coming in here would be a lot of fun. Oh, so you you accuse me of not, not being accusing, a big Brock Purdy I'm, guy. I'm not accusing you. I know that – well, you're – you are not a big Brock Purdy guy. Listen, the first thing you I, text after that pass to Debo Samuel for a touchdown is that was an extended handoff. I, I, 
I, I said going into the game that that's what he's doing, and then that was an example of it. I thought you'd appreciate it. I was. When a guy throws a 10-yard pass and it ends up as a 76-yard touchdown, I'm not sure that's him. And, and no offense to him, I think the guy that is really playing well is called Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He has got that. Now, listen, that kid's not making errors. He's not turning the ball over. He is keeping his uh, – he's holding his water. He is definitely – doing the right stuff, and it's amazing to see because many a man would fall apart. But I, you know, and I I think it's difficult when you're a first-time playoff participant and you're in a role like that. I, I think we saw that with Trevor Lawrence. We saw Trevor Lawrence go into a game and just lose it. and he, he for, lost it. For whatever reason, he managed to keep That's pretty unbelievable that he was able to come back. Now, you know, big ups to Brandon Staley for the big assist. Thanks, Coach. You did a great job of uh, disciplining your linemen, of of firing your coordinator. I, I mean, I don't know that uh, that Andy Reid's going to make the same kind of blunders that Brandon Staley did. I don't know if you go up on the Chiefs like that if it's going to work. I thought it was a tight game. I thought that for a half, um, you know, I thought I wouldn't say that, that was the case for a half. You know, I think at the end of the game, um, you know, that team that we were playing showed a lot of fight, a lot of resilience. I thought it was a high-quality game uh, against teams that are, are both young and hungry. Um, and so I thought it was just a high-level game all the way around. And so um, I think Doug's an outstanding coach. And um, I know that we were coaching at a high level. And um, hopefully we're going to get another chance at those guys. Come on. Yeah, he was. Come we, on, that's Brandon we Staley. Were, we were coaching at a high we level. We were coaching at a high level. We got out-coached for a half. You got – I you mean, lost the game, and then you oh scapegoated your offensive coordinator. Oh Stop my God. talking. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. but And Brandon Staley was here. He worked as a, as a, a, a defensive guy here under, uh, under uh, the, the – uh, As a head coach, he's a very good assistant. Big, well, I mean, look. If he were an assistant, he'd have to fire himself. <laughs> because somebody has to take the blame. We coached I, at a high level? What I mean – Really? I mean, were you stoned? Is that what you mean? It doesn't make any sense. I think if he coached at a high level, you wouldn't have the kind of lack of discipline in the outburst from your your favorite Bosa on the sideline, slamming his helmet down. Oh, well, let me get that. You, you dropped this, Joey. Then the coach scrambles for his helmet. That, that That's a bad example. That was a bad answer. Just take it. You were outcoached. You were outplayed. You were beaten. You blew a 27 to nothing lead. You've got to own it. More you know, than I, thought I wouldn't say that, that was the case for a half. Um, yeah, we have a texter wondering if I didn't like the line of Buffalo Cincy and then saying I don't want to bet it, why wouldn't I jump on the part I don't like? And the answer is real simple, because they're, they're trying to goad me into betting one way. And I, I don't know that I want to bet that way. You will not be goaded. I'm not going to be goaded. Not today, not sir. Not today. Not now. Not now. You will not be goaded. You I mean, do not of, goad Mully. A lot of people say I am the goad. You are the goad. The greatest of all <laughs> decision. What? No. The greatest of all decision makers? No. No one's ever said that. <laughs> the greatest of all dunces. Yeah. Okay. I stand accused. All right. We've got the pick six. We got, we got a ton of fun stories. We're going to pick them apart. We got a big bowl game. Bulls bowl. It's the Bulls bowl today. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. When you heard Bears' new president, Kevin Warren, say he believes the NFC is wide open this year, did it occur to you the Bears missed an opportunity? All you have to do is look at the playoffs. It's wide open. I mean, especially in the NFC, anyone can win. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, it is, um, it is really – it brought me back to trying to make my pick in the NFC before the season began. And you were looking for kind of upset special type team. You were looking at – I I just I just think that of all the years you choose to lose, it's one where the division seemed wide open. I get it. Minnesota won the division going away, but are they all that good? Did you watch them in the playoffs? They don't have a defense. I mean, they they got as many problems as anybody, and they're still trying to figure out uh, what they're going to do. Uh, do they continue to pay the quarterback? What are the other options? That's been a that's been a lifelong mystery for uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, um, and, and now you you know all these teams that were like 500 in the, in the NFC East, they're now teams that look like they're ready to win. I, I I'm telling you, it's just the wrong year to not go for it because it's wide open. Oh my God, is it wide open? I think that I think that there are probably three teams in the AFC that that would have a shot at it and you're picking between the three of them and one will be eliminated this weekend but I think the NFC I mean would it stun you how this thing went down what what could happen would it stun you given the way the Giants played last week if they suddenly went on a roll I don't think they're gonna but that's a division game so I don't know what's gonna happen I don't I don't feel like there's a dominant team or has been a dominant team felt that way all year felt like the Bears lost a really good year uh, to compete because more so than most, there was not a super team at all in the NFC. I would say that I agree that the NFC is pretty wide open. And I would say that I think any of the four teams representing the NFC in the playoffs this weekend, I wouldn't be blown away by any of them making the Super Bowl. I guess the Giants would be the one team I'd be shocked if they made it, but Okay, but I don't think any of the four teams in the NFC right now, and I can, I'll look this up during the segment or in the break, but I believe the top three teams in the AFC that you speak of, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think we all know who they are, the, 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 the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. We're not talking about the Jaguars. Right. Any of those three teams representing the AFC would be favored against any of the teams so right now, yeah. I, I'm curious what the AFC is favored. You, I know there's a I bet out there. I disagree with that. But I, I, there's I, a bet out there right now, uh-huh. AFC probably minus three and a half against the NFC in the Super Bowl. You could bet that right now. That bet, I, I think Eagles would be favored exists. over the Bengals. Okay, maybe. Maybe. I, I, you know, the Eagles, I think that the problem is the coach and the problem is the quarterback. That's a good we, point. We, I don't like – Nick Sirianni is a head coach, and I worry that the quarterbacks hurt. Just really quick, just to finish it, would you this morning? Would you rather be the Bears or would you rather be the Seahawks? And what I mean by that is yeah. the Seahawks got to play in the postseason, but the Bears, I think, are in a better position to succeed. Dustin, and that's why uh, when, I think they the can night, win. On the night the Bears beat the the Monday night Patriots. game to beat the Patriots, I thought, wow, they really have something going here. Okay, they're going to win some games, and then of course they never won. Again. I'd always rather be the Seahawks. I'd always rather be in the playoffs. I'd always rather be one step away from taking that next step into Super Bowl contention. I might I might make a lousy executive, but I would take the approach in Chicago, presiding over the Bears, that every year we're going to be in it. I know sometimes you have to make the hard decisions, and this is part of that process that everyone seems to accept, and in Chicago Embrace. has embraced. Yeah. My God, they've celebrated it. Yeah. But if I were Kevin Warren and I were taking over his job, I would look at it this way exactly. You you look at the NFC, and it is wide open, and you wonder if the Bears wasted a season. And you wonder how much they have conceded in bottoming out. 14 losses, that's hard to recover from. They've guaranteed themselves another tough year. 
this isn't going to happen overnight. Are they in better shape now than they were a year ago? You make that argument, and everyone would probably laugh at the suggestion. Yeah, I suppose. They've got the number one overall pick. Yeah, I suppose. They still have Justin Fields. They had him a year ago. Could you have taken that situation and convinced yourself that you could compete, get into the playoffs, and then take the next step? Would have been a difficult argument, but I think you could have made it. And I wonder, I do wonder this, if Kevin Warren would have been the president of the Chicago Bears in January of 2022, would they have dismantled to the uh, to the degree that they did? And, and, and Dustin, I don't think the question is, are they better off now or are you happy with where they're at? I'm trying to keep that out of the argument. I, I'm saying this guy at his news conference said, hey, look, look how easy this, that it's wide open. It's wide open. That puts pressure on your general manager, too. I'll be able to answer that question to you in about six months. Respected SI writer, friend of the show, Pat Forty, wrote that Kevin Warren was jumping before he was pushed from the Big Ten commissioner's job and detailed some other reasons why Warren wasn't the most popular executive. As valid as that is, does any of that matter now that Warren's the Bears president? Did Warren's introductory remarks make that a moot point? Pat Forty's a great reporter and well-respected guy. When he talks about and writes about Kevin Warren's lack of popularity or the way the fact that he did maybe how did he put it jumped before he was pushed it's accurate i think it's accurate and you talk to people around the big 10 and they're not going to extol the virtues of kevin warren to the degree that we have and the people in the nfl will it's a different job it's a different environment and with due respect to pat and to the you know the sportico article that was over the summer looking at kevin warren and talking about some of the uh, struggles that he had in in being accepted or the changes that he made that, that bothered some people, that shook some things up, good. He is now back where he belongs. He is in the NFL. And I don't want to say I don't care about this these kind of reports and I don't pay attention to these kind of stories. Everything is part of the, the, the whole body of work that he has put together. And it's all part of his resume. But it is, to me somewhat of a moot point he excels at being an nfl executive he has had a track record in that regard and plus bottom line is he got the results at the big 10 level that he wanted regardless of how he did it the substance the style he got the results and he is now going to a job where it's a results oriented business well if you want to be fair and balanced i am curious I would like to hear Pat Forty amplify a little bit more on this. Though, though there was th- those lines that we just read, the quote that we read was the the gist of it. There, there wasn't much behind it. Like, who doesn't like you? Know, like, I get like, Illini basketball fans might not like him, right? Because he didn't give the trophy. I mean, you know, David rolls his eye. You know, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a fan base that's upset because of the way it was a tie and who ended up being deemed the champion. And okay, I, I don't like Kevin Warren because he made that decision. You know, he took Big Ten football away from me. At one point, Justin Fields wasn't a fan. But Kevin Warren said he'd have been the same guy had he been in the situation that Big Ten players when he understood that. He liked their passion. Um, I do think we need to move forward. But there is that group of people out there that really have a real issue with professional sports. And they're trying to keep college sports, the romanticism about it, which does not exist anymore, especially in, in men's football and men's basketball with NIL. Okay, like they're basically another pro league going on right there, but they they don't like the fact that people use college as a stepping stone to get to the professional ranks. I would say that the Sportico story was very interesting to me. I, I think what Pat Pat is you know covers college sports, he covers everything. Pat's a great writer, but he um, he's written this from the perspective of the different. Uh, the different teams in the Big Ten, the different schools in the Big Ten. And I'm sure there was a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are complaining about different things that happened. The Sportico story was very interesting to me because it portrayed what Kevin Warren managed to accomplish as having been set up by Jim Delaney, that he he signed the, uh, the, the limited contract in order to set up the big deal when the conference had expanded. And there was almost like a blueprint to follow to get to that $8 billion television contract. So I thought that was really interesting stuff. And, and what I wonder is, is it possible that Kevin Warren is kind of lucky, that he's got good timing, 
that he comes into this franchise and they've got the number one pick and they've got enough money to go out and they got to spend some cash so they're going to be able to bring in some play. This team should get better moving forward. Part of it is because of him and, and his professionalism and the way he's going to, to, uh, to work the crevices, work the little things, make sure that all uh, nothing falls uh, into, the, uh, into the couch. You don't lose anything. You, all your, your change is going to be collected and things are going to be clean and neat and easy. But, and, the, and your lawn's going to look beautiful. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I wonder if, if it's simply that, then that's fantastic. And I don't think whatever happened or the timing of the Big Ten really matters when you're looking at where the Bears are at. They need professionalism. They need help. They need a guy like Kevin Wall. He left a job where he could go nowhere but down. And he took a job that can go nowhere but up. Great timing. Yeah. And so when you reflect on those questions that you guys gave me. What do you make of Bears OC Luke Getze being named the head coach of the American team at the Senior Bowl with three other Bears assistants on the staff? Getze is the headliner, but he'll be joined by other Bears assistant, linebacker coach Dave Morganzi, the assistant special teams coach Carlos Polk, and the assistant tight ends coach Tim Zetz. Good for the Bears? Good for the coaches? Win-win? Oh, yeah. I'm all about the win-win, and this is a win-win. I think that Luke Getze gets... uh, the attention of being a, a head coach, running a practice, getting that kind of thing. I like the idea that they're using all these coaches and moving them up a little bit in the ranks. Uh, it's kind of cool. And and here's hoping that when you are running, you know, say what you want about Luke Getze. It's kind of his fiefdom, right? I don't think the head coach is leaning in and telling him what play he has to run here or there. I think he has a say in it, but I think he's letting him kind of run his offense. I think it's going to be fascinating. Some of these guys, there's some decent linemen, some decent receivers, maybe not first-round, second-round guys, but guys that will be littering the draft. And if you get any insight into them, if you are working with someone and you have a nice vibe with them, you like the way they pick up something, you tell them, whatever it might be, that is a good way. You know, it's a people business, David, it's, uh, as we often say. Relationships. A great way to connect, a great way to make those relationships. And then you can share that information. And if there's somebody that you like later on and he's there, hey, look at this guy. He was great at the senior ball. I, I think it's. Um, I think there's no negative to it. I really don't. No, no negative. And, Molly, I know you've been to this game. You've talked about going down there a bunch of times to Mobile. Is this – is this typically how it is sets up? It's no, like this a, is new. It, it's normally the entire coaching well, that, staff that's, of a losing okay, team. That, that's where I was going. So I, I did a, another headline caught my eye. So there's a couple of these all-star games, if you will, senior. So yes. East-West Shrine is another one. Yep, been and, there. And Belichick is actually coaching that game. It's the first time he's ever been involved with one of these games because obviously he's almost in the playoffs every single year. So while I like, I, I like it, I just when I see the the assistant tight ends coach and the assistant special teams coach that if he was in our hallway I wouldn't know, okay? Like it's good for them to get some It's good for them for exposure, but yeah. I mean I, like are there voices are are the are the guys at Hallis Hall making the decisions counting on them for their no. scouting or anything? No. Or well, maybe. I, I hope so. An endorsement? I, I, I mean, I hope so. I think, I mean, though, you, how, will, I think Getsy is different than that. But will I, Coles I, I, and I his staff be around this game more because these guys are at the game? I would hope they're at all these games. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know, and, and there's well, there's all sorts of news leaking out about and, they interviewed this guy at the exactly. Hula Bowl or that guy. Th- these Look. are eyes on the, the, the players, the talent. You, I'll, go, I'll go with win-win, but I think it would be win-win plus – if it was the coaching staff like it used to be. By the way, the assistant tight ends coach is in the lobby waiting for you to come down and get him. Yeah. He, okay, he, so he can He's pass the him. guy that's going to punch you that you don't know is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to recognize him either probably, Justin. That's a good point. But at the same time, these are opinions that are valuable when you're deciding and you're in a room and it's the fourth round and you're deciding between – the linebacker yep. from one school and a, and a defensive end from another, well, you know what? That guy's motor, he, he never stops. And you know why I know that? Because I saw him practice in Mobile. These are things that matter. And I thought the same thing, Dustin, when I saw Belichick at the East-West Shrine game and I found out the Bears turned down that chance to take that 
uh, opportunity to go there. I wondered why. Yeah. You don't pass up these kind of opportunities when you have are where the Bears are, where you're leaning into this rebuild and everything is about the draft. Why wouldn't you want to be everywhere that you can be? Exhausted from losing. They might be. And that, that might be part of it. But you know what? If you lose 14 games, you're going to be exhausted. You need to do everything. Recharge in a hurry. Take a good weekend. Sleep in on Sunday. The, the hardest thing to scout, in my opinion, is love of the game. You always hear people talk about it, how Absolutely. you want someone with passion. You want someone that loves the game. When you watch the tape, you see guys that are going some plays and not going other plays. And you want what you need is someone that is going to maximize their ability. Hardest thing to read you're in the room with them. You're in the huddle with them. You're talking to them. It's going to help you. You make eye contact with them. You know how they get ready for a game. Luke Getze, this is win-win, even if it helps him become a better head coach for the next team that hires him. Nah, yeah, la, la. Next question. Who <laughs> will be the most significant NFL quarterback involved in a transaction this offseason? Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr. Is Carr the only certainty to change teams? Anybody else come to mind? Wow, this is a loaded question. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be on the move. These are just four of the possibilities. I think Brady's gone. Rodgers stays. Carr, hmm, where is he going to head up? Is he going to end up in Indianapolis? Not sure. All I know is a lot of these moves, several of these moves, could definitely affect the Bears. Where's Lamar Jackson headed? Where is he going to land? Is he going to stay in Baltimore? Or in, what kind of contract? Franchise tag? You think he's going to play for the franchise tag? You think he would be, report? Sounds like there's more than meets the eye with the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson relationship, and that could explode. This is going to be an explosive offseason for quarterbacks. But I, I do believe that those are the four big ones, and Lamar Jackson, I would predict, wouldn't shock me if he's dealt. And – you mentioned Bill Belichick. Wouldn't that be something if Lamar Jackson ends up in New England? Wow. Well, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers again because he's been a pain in the backside of Chicago for forever. And if he stays in the division, that's big news. And if he leaves the division, that's big news. I would also, my second choice would be Lamar Jackson from a Dave Wanset perspective of tagged, traded, gone and does that upset the apple cart that is the bears holding that number one pick and does somebody say you know what forget that i'll give i'll give two ones and pay lamar jackson instead of giving two ones and a player on my team and a future second for a pretty good scratch off ticket in one of the top that's an interesting choice hmm yeah I, you know i gotta tell you i think I think that the only certainty um, is that Derek Carr is going somewhere. I think there'll be other people that do go. You know, Tom is the most significant because is he going to play at age 46? And if he is, doesn't he have to go to some place where he can win? And if he does, you know, is he willing to take less money? Is he willing to do whatever he can to try to win another title? That's kind of Tom, right? Isn't that his MO, his whole career? Where would that be? Um, you know, Miami lost a draft pick. Are they really still open for business with him? You know, Lamar, does he end up going to Miami? That would be unbelievable. All of a sudden, the guy that is the greatest running quarterback of his generation becomes a much better passer when he's throwing to that receiving core. So <laughs> I, I, I think that that's exactly. a really interesting one. And I, I, I think that there are certain teams that are kind of set up for success and I'd be interested to see where the quarterbacks wind up. Huge for the Bears. You want those teams. You don't want Houston getting Lamar Jackson, right? You want teams that are going to trade with you to to do certainty things. Like if if they if you want to get a defensive lineman after a trade down, you don't want a team sitting there that needs only a defensive lineman. I do think it's good for the Bears, but Dustin raises an interesting point we'll have to explore later. Does that get in the way if a team is willing to use their draft capital to go get Lamar Jackson? Oh, yeah. As opposed to That's not trading with the Bears That's the to problem. move up to get Bryce Young. Pick six.
Baseball America released its top 100 prospects with three Cubs, two White Sox players on it. Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, Kevin Alcantara for the Cubs. Colson Montgomery, Oscar Colas for the Sox. Colas has the best shot at breaking spring training with the Sox. But any of the other four have a realistic shot at playing in the MLB next season? Yeah, I think that um, I think it's Oscar Colas or bust among that group. I, I don't think Colson Montgomery is there yet. I think the Cubs have gone out and gotten uh, some outfielders, and I don't think that they, you know, I think they understood that there is another year to go. I, you know, out of that group, I would say if Brennan Davis has no, if there's nothing medically wrong and, and his back surgery was more about uh, a blood flow in his back and it wasn't about like some, uh, some horrible kind of uh, spinal issue. So I, I think that, he, if he can get back on track, he might be the fastest one up among those Cubs. Um, but I, I think that they, the way they put their uh, their outfield together, I think they're waiting a year on these guys. And I think that with the White Sox, they've got a hole in right field, and I think they believe Oscar Colas is going to be the guy to fill it. I'm curious to see Oscar Colas playing right field for the Sox. I don't think any of the other guys have a shot unless we're talking September call-ups. Hmm. Because if if... if Brennan Davis or Picar Armstrong are out in the outfield for the Cubs. Things have gone terribly wrong. Or somebody's gotten injured. Someone well, got that, hurt. That counts as terribly wrong. Cody Bellinger point. is maybe disappointed. Something like that right, would that's have what to I happen. Mean. And so I'm saying. Okay. And that means Fair that enough. they're they're not competing and they're not going to buy in July and they're yeah. not. So that's they're going to buy in July. Wrong. I think. I think the Cubs are going to be better than people expect. I like the idea of Colas being in the Sox opening day lineup. I hope that happens and I hope he succeeds. Colson Montgomery turns 21 years old next month. I don't think he's ready, but I am fascinated to watch him try to move up as far as he can this year. As for the Cubs, Brendan Davis would be the guy that I would pick as a possible fourth outfielder. Maybe he gets hot at AAA. Maybe he comes up for more than just a September cameo. Pete Crow Armstrong, not ready yet, but he is the guy that you look at as uh, somebody worth getting excited about. By the way, 930 Saturday morning inside the clubhouse, Pete Crow Armstrong, Bruce. Oh, and I look at you! Interview him. I think it's, it's it's looking good for the Cubs. I don't think they need to rush those guys because they spent over three hundred million dollars and signed more new players than any team in free agency. So they slowed down the pathway from the minors to the majors. Uh, whereas the Sox, they don't have as many guys to consider, but the ones that they have, Colas is ready. I can't wait to see Montgomery get there. I don't think it will be this year, but next next year at this time, I think we're talking about Colson Montgomery and the Sox in 2024. Well, no, that's a good question. From Derek Jones Jr.'s successful proposal to team photos in front of the Eiffel Tower, the Bulls' trip to Paris has been memorable. Do they have to beat the Pistons today to make it a successful trip, or will it be one if it brings an inconsistent team together? Is this a must-win? I think it could be. You want to win this game. You want to finish it on a high note. You want to make the vacation more memorable for than just the, the, the pictures and the proposal. She said yes. That was a great start to it. Let's finish it on a high note. The Bulls need to win today. Yes, I think that is definitely, in Dustin's uh, vernacular, must-win territory. Oh, yeah, this is must-win statement game. Um, I like the idea of the hopefully not doing too much out in Paris, but I get it. You want to see a lot of things when you go out there. Um, I hope the team comes together, but I hope they end strong. 145 here on the score. Yeah, I I, I think it, they've been in must-win mode for a while. Uh, honestly, I think they needed to must-win uh, the last couple of losses they've had. And this is now, it's beyond must-win. There's got to be like a new, what is it, must-win plus. Uh, uh, Dustin, I forget what we had decided upon. They got to win this game. And I think it would really go a long way toward bringing them together. Don't the don't the Pistons have a French kid? Didn't they draft that kid from France? They've got that. What's I can't remember his name. I was all over it during the draft, but I've I've lost it. That's a bad team, the Pistons. I don't care if a guy's got family, relatives, friends in the stadium. <laughs> go with the Michael Jordan shirt wearing, Pete Crowd, and and get this done and and feel good about it. And Demar Derozan is back, so it's. You're getting your team back together. Yeah, you got to start winning, man. And and I saw I, – I, I, I can't believe I'm even going to mention it, but I saw that uh, 
that our favorite favorite uh, forever injured bull, his name shall not be spoken, uh, says that if he can get to 70, 80, 90, 100%. Lonzo wants to play. 70%. Lonzo now. wants to play at 75%. He's not even at 70. Lonzo wants to get in there and be the difference maker. Boy. Is Victor Wimbayana going to be at this game? That's a good question. Is he going to be there? Do you know Dustin? Yeah. I think you, you called him the big tall French I'm kid. I'm not saying French word kid. about him. Okay. No. Not, no. If I can't read French, I'd have to give it to my daughter. She can read French. <laughs> <laughs> I can only laugh in French. It's <laughs> a very good chuckle. Thank you. Chuck, 745, maybe. You know, maybe he can answer If he's that been question. around, Chuck will, have, Chuck will know. And he'll tell I'm him. sure Chuck has been there three days and All probably right. has mastered the language. The extra point is next. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. She said yes! She said yes! Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 the score. Among the remaining AFC-NFC playoff teams, who is the most underrated player in each conference who will impact the outcome this weekend the most? Well, it's a quarterback game, and everybody looks at the quarterback, certainly, and that is something that's an accepted fact in the NFL, certainly during the playoffs. But I do think that this could be the weekend of the running back. I think when you get to this level, running the football, explosive plays, these kinds of things could dictate the course of of each game if you look at it closely enough. And the guys who maybe you know, I don't know if they're underrated or maybe underappreciated might be a better way to put it. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys could could take over that game. He's had that kind of season, and he's had he's got that kind of talent. Yes. I well soon to be free agent. I'm sorry. I, no, I, I think that you're right in terms of his availability. In he could make himself a lot of money. He's the second paid, highest paid running back on that team. And probably the most valuable offensive player besides Dak Prescott. That's what I mean. Underappreciated, undervalued perhaps. I think Tony Pollard is going to be a problem for the 49ers. If they are able to stop Tony Pollard, it goes a long way towards stopping the Cowboys. And conversely, in the AFC, I love Joe Burrow. But I think that offense, if they're going to win this game, a game where they aren't favored uh, and it's going to be a tough challenge, but Joe Mixon is going to be the biggest reason why. Because they're going to be able to run the football, set up the play action, use use Chase and use Burrow, and use the things that you expect to happen. But Mixon is one of those guys that when you talk about the Bengals, he's probably third on your list of names offensively you come to, and I think he might be the most important element of their offense against the tough Bills team playing at home. So I think those two guys come to mind quickest for me. This is tricky depending on your interpretation of the question, and we didn't get a, a sweetener before, so I'll apologize for my first answer, maybe. But I'm going kind of a off-the-radar type of guy. I'm going with the New York Giants nose guard, Dexter Lawrence. Oh, he's I think he could be right. Yeah. Like I, you, I, love I know that you guys and I, I yeah. like watch this kind of stuff, but I don't know that everybody's watching this. And if you want to like have like kind of yeah. if you're into like wrestling at all, like to watch Dexter Lawrence take on Jason Kelsey this Saturday night is going to be something that you want to like DVR that game and then go back to it. Cause I get it. You're watching the ball or maybe you're going to be in a bar on Saturday night, watching it with friends or whatever, but go back like DVR that one. And if you're up Sunday morning early before those games start, check out that battle, Dexter Lawrence, Jason Kelsey, the, the winner of that matchup might have a big impact on who wins that game on Saturday night. You can listen to it. Of course, here on the score on Sunday in the bills game, Kind of a guy who's come back, and he was a big deal before, and Cole Beasley, okay? A guy that maybe you don't even realize is back with the Bills. He he is a a, a proven kind of big game, big moment wide receiver, and I think, um, you know, when the other guys are covered and draw a lot more attention, Cole Beasley might have a catch that puts the Bills in a position to maybe kick a game-winning field goal against the Bengals. Those are good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am kind of going the same way. I mean, l- let me just preface, though, by saying that that your stars have to be your stars in the big moment. So, so you've got to get the most out of your best players. Um, but just to, to go along with that, there are also complementary players that are very important. I, one of my guys would be T. Martin, because even though it's Jamar Chase and how can you do with Jamar Chase, T. Martin's a really good player and can do some good things. And the other guy I was thinking of from the NFC was Brandon Ayuk because whenever we talk about it, we say Brock Purdy and look at the weapons he's got. He's got Debo and he's got uh, 
uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's got Kittle. Brandon Ayuk can blow a game up, too. He's a really good receiver, and he's been sneaky good, especially with Debo out with the sprained ankle for a couple of games earlier in the year. So those are more obvious kind of guys, frankly, than – than I, listen, Dexter Lawrence, that's an obvious guy because he and the other – and the, the rookie uh, Thibodeau, they blew up that game last week. They, they ruined the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm sure – that they are capable of doing that again. But that's a really good call, Dustin. I, I love that guy. Brendan Ayuk is dangerous, and he's a guy that has you, – you, you look at their weapons, and that's a good call because you look at – you start to rank them. Well, there's Debo who is in this – there's really no one like, like him, him yeah. in the playoffs. The closest thing to Debo Samuel in the playoffs is Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> and right. they're in the same backfield. They're in the you same got, offense. You got a wide receiver playing running back, and a running back is kind of a wide receiver. So you have That's those cool. two guys who you worry about first. And oh, but, but by the way, their tight end's pretty good too. And then finally, you get to Ayuk, who has some huge catches and plays a major role in an offense that really ha- is spoiled for choice. So that's a, that's a good one because he could be a guy that easily gets behind somebody, breaks a tackle, and gets a lot of yak. And he's a guy that could be as explosive as anybody in that offense on Sunday. All right, 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Are you aware that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug Peterson, that's fantastic. That was his reaction when asked that question. And, of course, I guess he never has. Never uh, never in college, never in uh, high school. And, that, that's uh, remarkable. Yeah, that's crazy. Never lost a game on Saturday. This guy. So, Doug Peterson didn't want any part of that talk. No. Because he doesn't want to, you know. Jinx it. Jinx it or lean into it. I think when you talk about Trevor Lawrence, it leads to a, a, a broader discussion about how he stacks up is opposed with NFL playoff quarterbacks who are remaining. He certainly is the it, – it's almost silly in the, in the AFC because of who's left. No way he measures up to the three quarterbacks that he's measured up against, mm-hmm. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen. But in the NFC, is he a guy – where does he rank? If we're ranking NFL quarterbacks left in the playoffs, how would you do that one through eight? Yeah, that is a really good question. I, I mean, are we going? Are we going one through eight? Are we going one through four in one division and one through four in the other? Because I think the, Let's go the top, one through eight. Okay, the top three are fairly obvious, and I would say that that that, uh, that Mahomes is got to be number one based on the team around him, based on his performance without his uh, best receiver this year and his kind of um, MVP sort of. Uh, uh, a go round, if you will. I I think he is. I think he's the best one. I I could make the argument for Joe Burrow, but I I don't yeah. feel as compelled to do that because Mahomes has done it without Tyree Kill. So I think he is the consensus number one quarterback left. Yeah, I I think my problem um, is where to put uh, Jalen Hurts because he has not played since the since he played the Bears. Was that December 22nd? That was December 18th, and, and, I December believe. December 18th. Mm-hmm. And he he could have played last week, supposedly, if they need – not last week. The, yeah, if they had played last week, he could have played. He he might even have been able to go. But he's hurt. He's got he's got a separated shoulder, and it's his throwing shoulder. He says he's fine. Yeah. He says he's, he's not okay. not on the injury report. I don't think that you can necessarily buy that. It has – been a while since he's been the Jalen Hurts that was making mm-hmm. a run at the MVP. Uh, so you wonder about his health. I, I think it is an interesting question whether or not he could impact the game as much as he did before he was injured. Because if he is healthy, based on the kind of season he has had, and Josh Allen's yeah, tendency to be a little bit careless with the football, you could make the argument that Jalen Hurts would be third on that list. So I would um, I would say those those four, the three AFC and Jalen Hurts are the four that I would uh, include. Okay, I, I 
I guess I have to go with Dak after that, but I think I might prefer Daniel Jones. Which Daniel Jones is going to play? Which By Dak the way, will play? Um, well, that's a better question, but I think that um, Brian Dable would be among my best coaches remaining. And, in fact, I, I like Philly. I pick Philly. I'm sticking with Philly, but I prefer the Giants coach to the Eagles coach. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I understand why you'd say that. I'm not a big Sirianni guy either, yeah. but I, I'm glad you stopped there. I, I, I thought you were going to get over your skis Never. with Brian Dable a little no. bit. No. I, 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 he has had a terrific year. He should be the NFL coach of the year. I don't want to rank him ahead of some of the coaches that are left in this field just because he's had that good of a year. And I, I hate to say it, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that I am going to uh, to hold off on Trevor Lawrence a little longer. I just, I think, you know, he had a really weird performance. He came out and threw a bunch of picks. It's extraordinary that he was able to come back from that. If he does that in Kansas City, there's no chance he could. I guess back. if we're ranking these... Who's most likely to have the worst game? Trevor Lawrence would be that guy for me. Yeah. So he's eighth. Okay. Well, I, I, I got him at seventh. And you got Purdy eighth. And that's not a shot at Purdy. I just don't know. I, I, I mean, okay. You're not a believer. I, I like okay. the story. I like uh, the story. I, I see a guy that is basically not making mistakes. I'm rewarding him for not making mistakes. He's throwing behind people. He's throwing, and not everything is in time on time. I, I understand and that. That's, and that's I'm a, not going to argue know, that. That's I, a young player. Objectively, it, though, let me ask you this: yeah. Who's going to have because of the weapons? Because yes. of the coach, yes. who's going to have a better game this weekend? Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Brock Purdy will have a better game. Okay, than Trevor Lawrence. that's the only way that I look at it in terms of ranking him. Why I would put okay. Trevor Lawrence eighth? He's most likely to me to have the worst game among the quarterbacks left. See, I, I'm also looking at it with um, kind of, okay, like Patrick Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. So that puts him in a different viewpoint than any of these other guys, right? I mean, he is the, he's got to be the, the guy that you'd say is the best for that reason. Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Then I'd probably go with, uh, you know, I hate to do this because Josh Allen played awful last week. But I probably you, you could argue with me. You could convince me to go with if they're going to do anything. If the Bills, which was everybody's favorite when the season began, if they're going to win this thing. It's going to be on the shoulders of uh, of Josh Allen because he recovers. Right. But but I I I think that Jalen Hurts has had the better season, and I take Hurts over him if I'm lining him up one two three four. Then I'd probably go with. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All things being equal. Yeah. You're taking Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen? I think Jalen Hurts had a better year than Josh. I think Jalen Hurts had a better year because of a lot of factors that probably contributed but, to that. But it, it is more likely that Josh Allen has a better game than Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is playing Hurts, in my opinion. I think he probably is playing Hurt. That's a good way to put it. I still think Josh Allen is capable of doing more if we're talking about ceilings and floors, he's got a higher ceiling. Yeah. But certainly Jalen Hurts has had a better year overall. He also has, to me, a better, uh, I don't say better weapons, but it seems like this offense is geared to help him succeed in a way that he has taken advantage of. And Josh Allen has, I think, had more erratic moments than he anticipated. He's been more, he's been more, inconsistent than expected. And I got Dak then over Daniel Jones because I think that Dak, even though both those teams are on the road, I think Dak is more likely to be a part of a winning team than uh, than Daniel Jones is. I, I think that even though it's a division opponent and all that stuff, I think the, the Philadelphia greater than sign um, the New York Giants. And I think Dallas – is closer because of Brock Purdy, and I, you know, listen, I'm 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 out over my skis with Brock Purdy because <laughs> I don't okay. think he's going to make the no. big mistake. I just don't know that he can make the big play, and I don't know if there's a close game that he can get out of it. But I wonder though if Dak Prescott will have a better down. game against the 49er defense because of how good that defense is. You know, they're, they're second. You're right. Their, their takeaways have been the difference in this defense this yes. year. D'Amico Ryans has done a terrific job with that group 
emphasizing takeaways, and Dak will throw you the football. Yeah. He had four touchdowns right. without a pick, but that was the story going into that game, was that but can Dak Prescott protect the football? Whereas he's going to struggle. I wonder if Daniel Jones is in a better position to succeed this weekend because, yeah, the Eagle defense is good. That's a good point. Tremendous defense, but Daniel Jones is on a roll. He's got Saquon Barkley. He's got some things going in his favor. He's right. got Brian Dable calling the plays. You're right. I'm switching it up. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm no, right. No, you're right. But I, I, I just I wonder that. I know? like Dak for some reason, and it's against everything I've seen this year. He hasn't had a good year. Daniel Jones has had a good year, but it, it like Dak, which one is he? Which guy's showing up? I, I mean, and I think the coach has helped him more than Mike McCarthy has helped Dak. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch. You're absolutely right, and I I think Tony Pollard is going to be a huge part of that game plan. And I, think I think they're going to lean into the running game. I think they have to. As much as they can against that defense. And Daniel yeah. Jones will continue, I think, to thrive in an offense that takes advantage of his skill set. They are very smart in the way they use him in terms of design runs, in terms of the the moving pocket. That Can, can anybody in the audience name five? Or, that's too much. Three. Giants wide receivers. Oh my God! That they, wide receiving yeah. core is barely more yeah. accomplished than the Bears. Yeah, that is uh, that is true. And yet, w- look at them. Daniel Jones is a uh, got a playoff victory on his uh, belt now, under his belt, and you have a, a team going against the Eagles that you cannot dismiss. And then I've got uh, I've got Trevor Lawrence at that point. You have Brock Purdy, and I have. Brock Purdy last, you have Trevor Lawrence last. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I I think if the question is the team around them, like if you put Trevor Lawrence on on the Niners, I think they could win a Super Bowl. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Fair enough. They might be able to. They're that good a team. That will be to be determined. I'm not there yet. But I also am factoring in, you know what, as we came into the segment, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost on Saturday, so – Oh, boy. Yeah, we should break him number one for that reason. All right. We've got uh, Rick Spielman, the the former uh, well, former Bears executive and, uh, and a guy with, with Dave down in Miami and obviously a longtime 10-year uh, Vikings general manager. He will join us next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. This guy. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.